being here this evening. I appreciate you participating in worship and just, I don't know, it's just important. Um, obviously, we, you know, as individuals in our private time, personal time, we set our hearts and minds upon the things of God, but just something about, you know, when um, family gets together, amen, it, it touches Father's heart, so thank you for being here and welcome to those of you who are joining us online, we believe Father's doing good things where you are tonight as well. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, let's, um, let me just do a little bit of quick review, then we'll get to some other new verses tonight. Um, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6 speaks of faith as that which worketh by love. It worketh by love. That word worketh, just to remind you, if you haven't heard this before, to tell you for the first time, amen. It's the Greek word energio, and it means that faith is energized by love, and that is literal. It's, it's like the fuel in the tank of an automobile that energizes or, or fuels um, that, um, that car. And so we see in Mark 11 where we've been given the God kind of faith, but if love is what energizes our faith, then we need the God kind of love to energize the God kind of faith. As a matter of fact, we've said this, your faith will never be more productive than the love that energizes it. Your love will never be more productive, I'm sorry, your faith will never be more productive than the love that energizes it. You know, Father is, is um, he, he's smart. I don't know if you know that or not. He, he is so wise. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if this was in his thinking or not, but, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, it, if it's not. He, he, he set things up to where one thing requires another thing, and it, and it keeps um, everything in balance. See, if, if, if your faith would work without love, then you just go off half-cocked and using faith to do all kind of stuff that, that he never intended for faith to do. And so it's dependent upon, we could even say it that way, in the same way your automobile is dependent upon fuel, gasoline, um, the faith, this measure of faith that you've been given that'll move mountains into the sea, um, it, it's dependent upon love in order for it to operate and function effectively. So Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. You never begin a sentence with the word and, or a thought anyway. So obviously and is connecting verse 2 to verse 1. An imitator of God as dear children, one of the primary um, ways that we imitate God as dear children is to walk in love because God is love and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us remember Jesus demonstrated the love of God for us he didn't just tell us about it he um, exemplified it he he practiced it he walked it out um, for us living breathing example for us to learn from he says um, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma um, it's almost like I'll, in my thinking it's it's almost obligatory you know it's, it's, it's like you, it's a requirement if you're going to read this verse you've got to put the amplified version up of verse one be imitators of God copy him and follow his example as well beloved children imitate their father well we see that Jesus again demonstrated the love of God for us but he also talked to us about it he in, in other words, he taught us and, 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 and explained it and laid it out for us. And we have that recorded in the scriptures. 
But Jesus wasn't just all talk. In other words, he, he backed it up with, with action and with demonstration because, um, you know, not true love, but according to 1 John, truth love, love in deed and in truth, truth love is, is more than words. It's, it's, it's actions. It's, it's, it's something that can be uh, demonstrated, even observed, um, and learned from. So that brings us then to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17, where he says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love. Love perfected cast out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. One of the things that we pointed out in discipleship class this afternoon, that phrase in verse 17 as he is so are we in this world i think there's so many different ways to look at that and understand what he's talking about there and another way is that we are his body we're the body of christ jesus is the head of the body and that's not a metaphor it literally says in ephesians 5 30 that we're uh, of his flesh and of his bones um, and so as he is so are we in this world and this i think only adds to the importance of love being perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment so we've said perfected love is love that is well-rounded something that's perfected doesn't mean without flaw when we think of something as being perfect we think of it you know not having any mistake or any flaw or, or error in it but biblically speaking the word is talking about something that's complete that's well-rounded, that's fully developed, or even fully matured. And so when we take that word perfected, it's teleos in the Greek, and we put it as a modifier for love, okay, um, it, it's, 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 it's painting a picture, a word picture, of a love that is complete, a love that is, is well-rounded, and now, if, if there's a such thing as, as something that's complete, well-rounded, fully developed, fully matured, then the opposite of that is something that's not complete, incomplete, something that's not fully developed, something that's not well-rounded, something that's not fully developed, what have you, um, as well. And, and this isn't about throwing stones, it's about growth, it's, it's about development, it's about learning, it's about improving, it's about moving the needle with deliberate intentional acts and, and faith and the Holy Spirit helping us um, do these things, okay? So, Father's um, will for you uh, is, is, you know, I think not just includes uh, well-rounded love developed in your life. I think it, it's kind of, it's like dependent upon. It's, it's, it, it hinges upon. Let me say it another way. There's only so much God can do in and, and not just in your life, but, but, but through your life as well um, with uh, an imperfect or incomplete or um, uh, underdeveloped, immature uh, love operating in your life. So this is why we want to grow in these things. Um, deliberate, uh, in, intentional uh, effort um, to practice. Uh, what's the saying? Pra practice makes what? Come on now. <laughs> perfect, right? So how are we ever going to be perfect, perfected in love is if, if we don't practice? And especially in areas of, of love and loving other people where where, you know, we may not be fully developed in. And that, without going back there again tonight, that's, that's what Jesus was telling us about in Matthew 5. Uh, it's one thing to love a friend, your family, somebody that loves you, somebody that's good to you, somebody that can help you down the road. 
It's another thing altogether to love somebody who would fall into the category of, of opposed to you, enemy to you, someone who's cursed you, some, you know, what have you. And um, so this is where, again, um, a lot of people's love develops only so far, but then when it gets to the hard part of loving folks who are hard to love and, and showing mercy to people who, uh, <laughs> you know, we've judged and don't think are worthy of it, then, then again, this is leaving our, our love in an immature, imperfect state. Now, I want to build on another connection in this passage, if we could, uh, tonight. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. It, it, it almost, you know, if you look at this verse, these two verses for that matter, um, you know, just one statement alone in, in, in this passage is, is, um, is profound in and of itself. There, there are some really important and really deep and really amazing statements all packed into, condensed in to these verses. And as is the case sometimes when things are packed and, and closely condensed together, um, it requires some unpacking. You know, I mean, if you take like a, you know, cream of chicken soup from uh, Campbell's, cream of chicken soup, man, you, that stuff's like thicker than jello. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, it's, it, you, it, you gotta put some water with it. You gotta thin it, right? And so sometimes we have verses like this in the scripture that have so many things compacted and condensed together. But remember, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. And, and I think when we have things so condensed and connected, in other words, it almost seems like these things have nothing to do with one another, but clearly they do because they're all packed into two verses together. So because the Holy Spirit did that, what I think he's saying to you and me is, look in my word and find out how these are all connected. Does that make sense? In other words, the connections may not be readily available. Some of them are, but not all of them are readily available in these verses. But for instance, what does love and judgment have to do with one another? Not in the sense of obviously we don't be judging other people. We should be showing them love. But this is not talking about you judging other people. This is just talking about love being perfected in you and that love being perfected in you producing boldness in the day of judgment. And then he goes to a whole completely different seemingly thought that is obviously related because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, let's talk for a minute about Judgment Day. And I know we've mentioned this some throughout our, our study together. And, and of course, we know that the Bible teaches there are two separate uh, judgments. One for those who do not know and did not receive Jesus. And, but then there's the judgment seat um, where we, as people who do know God, will be judged, not based upon whether we're going into heaven or hell, but based upon um, what we did in this life with the things that we've been given. Okay, Remember this, this is very, very important. Your standing with God is not based upon your works. It's not based upon what you do for God. Your standing with God is based upon one thing and one thing only, the righteous standard that Jesus offers as a gift to those who believe on him. So your, your right standing with God is not based upon your works, but your rewards are. Your rewards are. And so when we're judged by Jesus, it'll be judged based upon what we did with the things that we were given, okay? And then we will be rewarded, or even the Bible says that some folks will not receive a reward. Um, it's kind of sad, but I need to tell you that because that's what the Bible says, okay? Okay. 
um, uh, but they'll still be saved. In other words, they'll still go into heaven, but without any reward to speak of um, the life that they lived here on this earth and all that Father God had invested in them. Now, <clears throat> it would take me a, a, a good amount of time to make a point that I think is pretty clear anyway. Um, so let me just offer you this, and then we'll see how the Holy Spirit leads. But um, I believe judgment for God's children. So I'm not, I'm not talking about people who, who never received Jesus. I'm talking about for those of us who know the Lord, who have received Him, who've been born of His Spirit, born of His seed, born from above. Um, you know, God's given us the power and the ability, right and authority to be sons and daughters of God, okay? I believe judgment for God's children will boil down to one simple question. How well did you love? How well did you love? Now listen, I, 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 I'm thankful that I'm not responsible for uh, what Jesus is responsible for one day when he has to judge, um, you know, all of us and, and for that matter, the other judgment where, you know, people who didn't know him. That's, he is not looking forward to that day at all um and so uh, you know again you think well, where do you even start you know because um you know there's folks in this room who are who you know you started going to church nine months before you were born you know that's me and my brother we we you know <laughs> we were we were as he sometimes says tongue-in-cheek we were raised christian i mean you know we you know we we so many advantages that that other folks in this room didn't have and and again father takes that into consideration the bible talks about if you know to do something and don't do it then that's sin and and you know so we'll be judged based upon the light that we had and what we did with the light that we had and and how much effort we put into uh, you know learning what father god wanted us to know and so forth and so on so it's 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 very very um complicated i guess if you just look at it from a human perspective and and then you know what we've been really focused in on is the key thing jesus taught us different occasions different ways parables plain speech what have you is that so much of how you're judged is, is going to go back to how you judged others or how much mercy you showed other people um, so you can actually add to your judgment experience one day mercy now by showing people mercy here on the earth but i'm just convinced from um you know many years of studying and reading the scriptures especially the, the new testament especially the writings of john the beloved is is that really it's it's all going to come down to how well did you love because there are a lot of people first corinthians 13 talks about this right there are a lot of people who did all kinds of you know, on the surface, what seemed like these astounding works. I mean, went hungry, uh, even died, you know, gave all that they had, all this other stuff. But they did it from a different motive than love. So, you know, he says, you know, you have all this faith, you have all these uh, sacrifices, all these gifts, and all these things that you've given and done and, and all this. He says, but listen, if, if you did all of that from a motive other than true love genuine love for god and other people that you're just making noise 
and taking up space and have no benefit and no reward for those things. So it's not just in the volume, um, somewhere deeper in my notes, maybe I'll get to it here in a minute, but just while I'm on this, before we look at some of these verses, it's, it's, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit you know, is teaching me and then ultimately to teach you as well, is that it's not the quantity of work, but it's the quality of work. A lot of times, you know, I don't know about you, but you know, we get busy and doing all these things and all this stuff, and you know, we think it's just all based upon how much we did. But again, Father's looking at it from a different perspective. He's he's not looking at how much you did, but why you did what you did. Do you realize how many people work really, really hard for God because they feel like if they don't, He won't accept them and won't love them? They're trying to earn something from God. They're trying to when, again, the Bible's very clear about this. It's, it's not of works. It's not about what you can earn, what you deserve. Just how many people are, are, you know, do all these things for God because they're trying to put God in their debt because now God owes them something because they've been good and they came to church and they did their Sunday school lesson or whatever, you know. And it's, so, again, you, you can have just volumes and volumes and volumes of things that people have done for the Lord, but it, it wasn't out of love for Him or other people. It was more about how it made them feel. It was more about how it made them look. It was more about, um, you know, trying to impress God, impress others, and, and, and these kinds of things. Okay. So I'm going to say it again. I believe judgment for God's children will boil down to one simple question. How well did you love? That's what, that's what God's interested in. Why, why am I telling you that now? Because, again, <laughs> how many of you know it ain't judgment day yet? Which means we've still got time to, 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 to get some things right. And, and do some things better and grow in some uh, different things. I've heard it said, and, and I believe it 100%, you know, you can't please God without faith. It's impossible to please Him without faith, okay? And, and I, I do not back down from that at all. It's Bible, and, and anybody that, you know, says, well, they're just one of them faith preachers, well, call me whatever you want to call me, but that's what the Bible says, okay? But he's not talking about pleasing Him with a measure of faith sitting on a coffee table somewhere in your heart. Remember, he's given to every person the measure of faith. It's impossible to please God um, without faith. Well, just because you have faith in your heart, that doesn't mean that you're using that faith to do something that pleases God. It doesn't mean you're using that faith to pursue God. There are people who are in hell tonight who had faith because God gave them the measure of faith in their heart to hear and receive the, the gospel salvation. They heard it and rejected it. And, and the faith that they had to believe on the Lord <laughs> went to hell with them, so to speak. And, you know, I speak as a man, as Paul would say. So when he says, Hebrews 11, it's, it's impossible to please God without faith. He's talking about activated faith. He's talking about faith that's doing something, right? Faith without works is dead. He's not talking about dead faith. He's talking about live faith. Well, what makes faith alive? Love. Love's what energizes it. Love's what gives life to it. So do you see, is it impossible to please God without faith? Absolutely. I believe it's also impossible to please Him without love. Because love won't work without, I mean, faith won't work without love. Did I just confuse you? Maybe I made that more complicated than it, than, than it needs to be. Again, there's this huge part of this. So even when it comes, remember, I probably should have put 1 Corinthians 13 up here. I'm trying to get to some other verses first. Let, let me... Um, Let's, I'll put this up here on the screen, okay? 
Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and, and do not love, I've become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. You know, have you ever, um, I remember when uh, Matt's oldest boy, Will, was, um, was young and uh, a friend of ours, he's with, he he's with Jesus now in heaven, Tom Roberts, he, he uh, gave Will a set of drums. And Matt was like, dude, I thought we were friends. You know, you know I mean, how much can you take, you know, of a kid beating on a cymbal, you know, you know, of course, what we didn't know, and Tom knew by the Spirit of God, is that Will could play them drums, you know, and did so beautifully um, for many years, okay, here at the church. So he's saying that, speaking with the tongues of men and of angels, he, he's talking about spiritual gifts now, right? But no love, just really making noise, taking up space. Have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faiths so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, what? I am nothing. I've got some teaching to do on that. I don't know if we're going to get to it right now because there's another target I'm trying to hit. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm nothing. Literally, that means I'm a nobody. No difference made, no value, no, no eternal difference made. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. See, this sounds like, you know, tremendous works, you know. And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love, notice he didn't say that it didn't profit somebody else. You, you see what I'm talking about? In other words, you can do something for somebody else that actually helps them, but it doesn't, it doesn't earn you any kind of reward in heaven. You give a hungry man something to eat, he's, he's profited, he's benefited, right? His belly's full now. But if you did it so that you could make yourself look good and him look bad, if you did it so everybody would think you're spiritual, if you did it out of pride and not love, it didn't profit you at all. Notice it didn't say it didn't profit the man you helped, it said it didn't profit you. It profits me nothing. Love suffers long as kind. He goes into this whole uh, explanation of what love really is and what it looks like. Now, what he's saying here is that if I'm doing all of these things, even notice verse 2, hypothetically, I got enough faith to move a mountain into the ocean, but no love. Is, is, let me ask you, is God pleased with that? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Is God pleased with that? No, he's not pleased with that. So now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, the greatest of these. Come on now, the greatest of these. It's love. It's love. Now, let's do this. Praise God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 6. So I believe, you think about this, pray about this. I believe judgment for God's children will boil down to one simple question. How well did you love? Notice now he's saying perfected love. Perfected love casts out all fear. And, and perfected love means you can have boldness on the day of judgment. Let me say it another way. If, if you have loved well in this life, you will have confidence in the next life when you stand before Jesus to answer for what you did. Do you see that? If you've loved well in this life, doesn't mean you couldn't have done more, doesn't mean, you, you know, not a, not a single person in this room that will ever stand before God that couldn't have done more, Okay. 
again, how well did you love and what you did? Did you do it out of love or some other motive? So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6. Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. What were happening is they, they had this argument about, you know, well, I got born again when Apollos was preaching. Well, I got born again when Paul was preaching, and Paul outranks Apollos, so I outrank you. They're getting these silly arguments and disputes about who baptized who and and because they thought one, one apostle was greater than another and these sorts of things, that somehow their salvation was a better experience because, um, you know, they got saved under a popular, well-known um, uh, apostle. And, and so it's just silliness, okay? Um, don't, amen. We all can be silly at times, all right? Um, so what Paul is saying here is, listen, it's not about who planted. It's not about who, who, he who watered, but God is the one who gave the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now we're talking about works now and rewards. Okay. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, you are God's building. So he's comparing the work that he did among God's people as either labor in farming or labor in building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. Not just what he builds on it. Notice he says how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So when Paul says that he worked to lay the foundation, he went into Corinth when virtually no one was born again and started preaching the gospel and laid this foundation, first of all, getting people born again, and then laid this foundation of salvation um, uh, by grace through faith and began to teach these people, uh, uh, these new converts about Jesus, who he is, what he's done for them, uh, so forth and so on. But then, you know, Paul moves on and other people come and work now among the Corinthians and teach and grow and, and, and develop these uh, different things. So when he says that, that, that he laid the foundation <laughs> he's not talking about him being the foundation. He's talking about the foundation that is, um, which is Jesus Christ. Now, he goes on to say, because he's talking about people who build on something that he started. People who come in there and work those fields to harvest. So, the, I'm not saying that this is exclusive to this. But when we talk about working the field as a farmer, we're talking about harvesting souls into the kingdom. I think when he's talking about building like a wise master builder, he's talking about building people up, building the body of Christ, teaching, training, discipling, these kinds of things. Both are extremely important. Um, and, and both are, again, um, key uh, labor assignments in the body of Christ. So he says, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, so you got three there, gold, silver, precious stones, but he doesn't stop with a list. He gives us three more without a sentence break. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Each one's work will become clear. To become clear means that it, it'll, it'll be made known for what it really was or for, what, or for what it really is. It'll become clear for the day will declare it. He's talking about the judgment day. The day will declare it. 
because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. What sort means what manner, what kind, what, what type of work it is. Now, let's go back. He said, take heed how he builds on it. How he builds. Not just what, what you do, but how you do it. Okay? So, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So notice now, fire is not going to test the quantity of our work, but it's something that tests the quality of a thing. Fire tests the quality of it. How many of you know there's a difference in quality between gold, silver, and precious stones and wood, hay, and stubble? How, how many of you know that um, you could bring in three tractor trailer loads of wood, hay, and stubble and it not be worth what one four-carat diamond is worth that you can put in your front shirt pocket? But boy, it sure is impressive to see them big 18-wheelers rolling down towards the church, isn't it? Man, look at this. Wow. You know. And somebody's, you know, slipped a diamond in the offering plate that nobody knows. Who, they didn't even put it in an envelope with their name on it. So, it's, do you see the difference here between the, the, the quality? So, fire will test the quality of the work. And according to this um, wisdom and revelation, the quality of the work is more important than the quantity. So what determines the quality of the work that we do for Father and His kingdom? I believe it's determined by the heart that motivated it. The heart that motivated it. In other words, a quality work is one that is motivated by love. Let's, let's talk for a minute, praise God. When... When he, when he talks, do you, I think it's so clear that it's hard to miss. Let me, let me put it back up here. Verse 12. If, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other, the other evening. When, when I turn around and point to that, people on the screen are like, who's he pointing to? Because right? they, they don't see that. They see it on their screen. All right, so, so for those of you who are watching by TV, let me see if I can get it right, okay? It's, it's in that corner right there of your screen, okay? So. So Marco stuck his thumb up back there. <laughs> Did I get it pretty close to the, to the point? Oh, thank you, buddy. All right. So I just need to keep right and let them handle the, that stuff. All right. So, I mean, it's hard to miss the, uh, the contrast between gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. You know, um, obviously, you know, one is more precious than the other. Um, you know, if, if, it's, uh, if it's wood, hay, and stubble, then, you know, that's dime a dozen. Or we, we, you know, we, just, you know, we, we can do that all day and not be inconvenienced, not sacrifice, not really have to put ourselves out there. Um, but, but see, now we start getting to something that's, that's more precious. And when we start talking about something that's more precious, why is it more precious? It's more precious because it has to do with our heart. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, no, no, nobody ever had some jewelry made out of a stick. Or maybe they did, I don't know. But you understand what I'm saying? 
um, you know, when John Mark asked Gina to marry him, he didn't get, you know, a really nice piece of wood and put it in a ring. You know, because he can go out in his front yard and get all the wood. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, there's something in there that's of worth. It's a value. It's something that's precious. It's something that, that means something to him. And because it meant something to him, now it means something to her. See, a lot of people try to impress God with things that don't, don't even impress themselves. You see what I'm saying? They, 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 they expect it to be meaningful to God, and it's not meaningful to them. You follow what I'm saying here? Have I gone too long? Are y'all good? Amen, I need to pray, don't I? All right. you, let's finish this, though. You see what I'm saying? In other words, it, 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 it's, it's like, um, you know, we want God to just think it's the greatest thing we ever did, but for us, it's like, really, we, we didn't even want it in the first place. You know, we gave it to God, but it's because it was getting in our way. But now, all of a sudden, it's supposed to be the most meaningful thing to God that we ever did. And, 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 and I noticed, again, that could... How do I say this? Don't get caught up in gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Okay. There could be something that has little to no monetary value to you, but is precious to you. Right? In other words, no, nobody on eBay wants it. Okay? But you wouldn't take anything for it. Right? And, and now you, but you give that, you bless somebody with that, you, you sow that into the kingdom. See, now, again, it's, it's, it's not what you gave, it's how you gave. It's not what you did, it's how you did it. So, I mean, if somebody's got, you know, $10 million worth of diamonds, they bring in, <laughs> they bring in one and... You know, it was one that was kind of flawed, and they weren't ever going to do anything with it anyway. But look, I gave God a diamond. See, God knows, God knows the heart. So don't try to impress him with things that don't even impress you. Don't, don't try to, don't think he's going to get all excited about, about you giving him something that you didn't really want in the first place. Are you, are you, you see, okay. Because he, he knows and he understands these things. So, it, it notice now, Here's the point. You stand with me. Praise God. So I'm going to say it one more time. I believe judgment for God's children will down to one simple question. How well did you love? Obviously, there's all kinds of things that we should do, need to do um, for, for the Lord. Um, do what? I did say stand, but you're the only ones. Nobody past the first row can hear me. <laughs> Pam, I had him. <laughs> I could have looked at him and said, why are you standing up? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not finished, but it makes you feel like I am if I ask you to stand. So, no, I'm, I'm finishing. I'm finishing. Praise God. So, there's, it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. How about this? Willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. He just wants your obedience. He wants you to be willing to do it. He wants you to want to do it. He wants you to want to do it. That's because see now that's where the love comes in. That's where, that's where you know I'm 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 doing this because it means something to me. I'm giving this because it means something to me. I'm 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 doing this because you know I I could go be doing something else for somebody else for money or this or whatever. But you know 
for me and my house will serve the Lord. Coming to church isn't serving God. Coming to church is, is a blessing. It's important. We should be doing it. But serving God's actually doing something for him. Amen. Notice it's not, he didn't say what you do, it's how you do. What you do matters, but how you do it matters even more. Amen. And so if we do it from love, right, just because we love folks and we love him and we're loving him by loving other people, See, if, if you develop that into a lifestyle and well-rounded, uh, perfected love, then when you stand before him, because if it's about how well you loved and you did your best to love well, then you can have boldness on the day of judgment. All right, Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you, Lord, for just, it's just a joy, Lord, to be in your presence, but Lord, to, we live in your presence. Father, you're with us wherever we go. Never leave us or forsake us. But there's something about when we all get together, Lord. It's, again, it's your design. It's what you purposed. It's what you've instructed us to do, commanded us to do. And so, Lord, I thank you for what we've enjoyed, what we've experienced tonight. Things, Lord, that, that we've understood and embraced. Other things, Father, that, that have been planted and will be watered and will start producing you know, results in our lives at a later date. And so, Father, we just bless you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for helping us. Show us, Father, somebody to love for you this week pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much for being here. Good things coming. Good things coming for you and yours. Beautiful group on a Wednesday night. Amen. We love you.